Bibles and turn to the book of Mark. It'll be Mark chapter 10. We'll be reading verses 32 through 34. I'll read verse 32. Join me on 33 and 34. That's Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 32 through verse 34. Please join me on the last two verses. Mark 10, verse 32. And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus went before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed him, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen unto him, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And read verse 34 with me, please. And they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us, Lord. Lord, thank you for that, that you rose for us, Lord. Thank you for that. Father, I thank you for the good day that you've given us today, Lord. Thank you for how the Holy Spirit moved amongst us this morning. Lord, thank you how, for how you um, in, empowered our pastor, Lord, to, uh, to preach your word with boldness. I pray that you would do it again tonight. Father, I pray that you would speak to each heart here. I pray that you would speak to my heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Time measured out my days. Life carried me along in my soul I yearn to follow God 
That was wonderful. Great job. Let me make sure. Okay, I'm on here. Ah, wow, that was really good. Everything's been wonderful today. And, and, you know, it's the grace of God that every one of us is here right now. That we're living and breathing and it's still going. It, it's amazing that we would be running a pretty miserable race right now. Uh, we'd be losing that race if it were not for grace. That was a wonderful song. And we'll be talking uh, in some sense a little bit about that tonight. I, uh, I do want to make real quickly before I have a word of prayer, a, just a, a statement. Uh, some have been asking about the, the couples retreat we're going to have, which will be the 5th and 6th of February. Uh, my wife is here now, and we're planning probably tomorrow we're going to go take a, um, a drive and, and look at a couple of different places and try to settle. We'll be settled by, we'll be able to announce Wednesday where we're going to go and how much it's going to be. I think that's the main issue to the men. Amen. Yeah, well, I don't care where I go, how much is it going to be? My wife will start, she'll go about 15 minutes into telling me well, about need this and about need that. And I'll say, baby, look, get it down to really the most important issue. What's it going to cost me? Just tell me how much. I don't care what you do with it. Just tell me how much. So, uh, and I know we'll get that, that, that settled. And uh, we're trying to find a place that's uh, $24.99. And, um, and uh, I'm just not sure how many of you have tents. And so, uh, but uh, it, as cold as it is, you will snuggle up. So, but uh, of course, we have Lord's Supper tonight. And in order to, to, to do that, and we don't want to rush it by any means, we want to do it. And I'm preaching about the Lord's Supper tonight. So when we get actually to the Lord's Supper, I probably won't make as many uh, statements, of course, because the entire sermon is about it, because the Lord's Supper is a sermon in itself. Uh, it really should be. And so I'm going to uh, begin. I'll have a word of prayer, and I'm going to just jump right into this and try to, try to get going. Father, I pray that you bless tonight. Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee. Lord, thank you for a place like this where a man like me can come in and have freedom to preach because people are open to the Word of God and open to the Spirit of God and open uh, to the truth of God. Father, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that it always be so. And Father, I pray that right now, Spirit of God, that, that you'd fill me from the top of my head, sole of my feet, and that I would try to preach about something that there's no way that I could do justice to. But Lord, I pray that we might be able to explain some things and maybe encourage us in some things uh, through your word. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the uh, book of John, and I'm going to turn to some verses very quickly. In uh, John chapter 1, verse 29, it says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, uh, he saw that lamb, and of course, the, all the, the lamb, the, the, every sacrifice of the Old Testament was picturing this lamb. The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And so Jesus is coming, and here he is, that sacrifice that's coming, that unblemished Lamb that's coming. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, if you'd like to turn, take a moment more to read this. But it says, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with the corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, and just let me stop there. That's, it, it, the Lord's Supper is not a tradition. It is not, it's not something just to uh, a formality. It, it is an ordinance of the church. But more than that, it is a picture. It is an illustration. We're going to talk about that tonight. But 
He says, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. This precious blood of Christ is our salvation if we believe he is the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Salvation occurs the moment we accept Christ's sacrifice, death, shed blood, burial, and resurrection for 100% payment for all of our sin. Mark chapter 10, we read this as our text, 10 verses 32 through 34 say this. It says, and they, and they were in the way going up to Jerusalem and Jesus went before them and they were amazed and as they followed, they were afraid and he took again the 12 and began to tell them what things should happen unto him, saying, behold, we go up to Jerusalem and the son of man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And look at this, and they shall mock him and shall scourge him and she'll spit upon him and she'll kill him and the third day he shall rise again. Yes, they're going to tear his body apart and he's going to shed his blood and die, but praise the Lord, he rose again. Now God did not want us to forget about what it cost our Savior to save us from eternal hell. He didn't want us to forget. He wanted something to remind us over and over and over again. Because the sad thing is, you know, we get, uh, it, the Revelation deals with this. When Revelation says you left your first love. And what he's talking about is that somewhere you, you trusted Christ and you, the love of God came in and you were excited about what is going on in your life. And, and Brother Howells just teaches us, he said, the lifespan of a soul winner is three to five years. He said, because they'll get excited about soul winning and, and I'm talking about the average, you get excited about soul winning, excited about what God's done for them, but somewhere along the way, they begin to forget. And the Lord said, I don't want you to forget. And so he gave us scriptures like Mark chapter 14, many scriptures through the gospel, of course, and through Corinthians, but Mark chapter 14, verses 22 through 25 says, and as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them, uh, gave to them and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they drank all a uh, drink of it. And he said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Now, this was a picture and an illustration uh, that the Lord wanted us to have before us. He said, I want something to just bring you back to that salvation experience. He want, I want something to bring you back to that moment where you realize truthfully, completely the first time why Jesus Christ died and how he died. And so he said, I want to remind you of that. Now, here's the problem. A lot of people confuse or misunderstand what this Lord's Supper really is. A lot of people will, will ask, I was asked just, just this week, somebody said to me, he said, well, I was talking to uh, someone in, in, in uh, uh, another denomination, and they said, no, you're, you're wrong in the Baptist because that becomes, when you drink that and eat that, that becomes the body of Jesus, and that becomes the blood of Christ. And you say, well, it says right here, 
It, it says that he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them and said, take, eat, this is my body. He said, well, doesn't it say it is his body? Let, let me help you folks. He also said he was the water of life, right? He also said he was the door. I mean, we could go on and list a whole lot of things that Jesus is. You say, but okay, how do we know that that's not what it means? Listen to this. Jesus clarifies it. Jesus clarifies this with his own illustration. He says, verily I say unto you. Listen to what he says now. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more, listen to this, of the fruit of the vine. Look what he says now. He's, he's just told them, this is my blood, this is my body. He says now, he, and then he gets in, he says, verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until the day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. He just told you, it's not really physically my blood. He says, the fruit of the vine. And then in Luke chapter 22, verse 19 and 20, he took bread and gave them thanks and broke it and gave unto them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Again, a clarification. He said, this do in remembrance of me. He did not say, do it because it is me. He said, do it in remembrance of me. The flesh of bull and goats was not the eternal sacrifice, but a picture of Christ to come. What we do now is a picture of the sacrifice Christ made for us as his body was broken and his blood was shed. It's a picture. It's an illustration. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 32, and we won't read all of those. He said, for I received of the Lord that which I also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, I want you to notice this. It says, for oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup. The very next verse, for as often as you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till I come. Well, again, he calls it bread. At this point, he said, when you eat this bread, not when you eat my body, when you eat this bread. But it's even further clarification because you do show the Lord's death till he come. That word show, show we mean, uh, S-H-E-W, means to tell or explain. He says, when you're doing this, you're telling people, you're explaining people about my crucifixion. And so it's a clarification that God makes because, you know what? I don't know if you realize this, but sometimes we forget, but God knows everything. And he even knew some of the silly things we're going to come up with. And he says, just, just to help you with those things. And, and folks, I am one of those that just, just looks for the simplistic evidence in the Bible. And it's right here. And you go to read about this stuff and Ben, they, they will go and they will wax eloquent writing books on it. When I say, look, the Lord told you right here. He made it real clear. Then he finally, he says this, he said, let, every, let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread. Look at that. Again, let him examine himself and let him eat of that bread. 
okay, and drink of that cup. Now, to examine is to test, to examine, to prove, to scrutinize, to see whether a thing is genuine or not. But notice what he said. You don't examine to see if the bread is genuine. You examine yourself. And you know what really God's saying? He's saying, are you real about this? Are you genuine about your statement of faith? Examine yourself. Now, I know we talk about you examine yourself for sin and examine yourself. You got all with your brother and all. But truthfully, right here, he's saying, examine your salvation. Are you genuine? Because if you take of this and you've never trusted in his salvation, in his death, burial, and resurrection, when you take of his Lord's Supper, which pictures it, you mock him. Now, your salvation generally says, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation. And that damnation is, is not eternal damnation. It is judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Discerning is by definition in composition. It retains the same general importance. What it's saying is, do you understand that this picture ha is very, very important, just like the crucifixion was important? And he said, if you don't understand that, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. For if we judge ourselves, if we look inwardly ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not, should, that we should not be condemned with the world. Listen, God says, I'm not doing this to hurt you. I'm doing this to chasten you. To get, honestly, to get us to wake up and recognize, why are we doing this? Now, three ways to examine ourselves before we take the Lord's Supper from just comparing scriptures and a lot of this where we just have to move really fast through is to discern known sin in our lives. I think one of the things that we have to look at and we have to look inside of ourselves, we're especially looking for that which, now listen, to, that which the Holy Spirit has convicted us of. We know it's there yet we still haven't confessed it. You say, well, well Hooker, I, you know, I'm struggling with this. Now, I'm, I will just tell you, I believe that when we reject that and we say, I'm going to hold on to my sin and then I'm going to partake of the Lord's Supper, you see, it was our sin that put him on the cross and we, in the very act, are now committing sin. Sin which puts him on the cross. We need to be very careful and look inside. Honestly, look inside. You know, the, the big heartache as you preach for a long time is this, is that none of us ever reach some absolute pinnacle of faith. I mean, we, we're all just trying to be more like Jesus. And the truth is, we will never be completely like Jesus until we, we are with him uh, and we will see him as he is and we will be like him. But, but the fact is, is that, that there's something always that we need to address. The Holy Spirit will speak to us. The key is, are we listening? 
And so I believe we need to discern known sin in our lives where if we live with unconfessed sin, then we are not remembering the cross and the price that was paid for our sin. So we, in fact, partake in sin, and it was the sin and our very sin that put Jesus on the cross. Number two, I think we examine whether our salvation is true. I think one of the things we need to do before we partake of the Lord's Supper is we need to make sure are we really saved. Am I really saved? Now, I'm not trying to make anybody doubt their salvation, but I've been on both sides of the track. I went about five years doubting my salvation because I got saved through a Gideon's Bible and no church, no body, no, no, nobody to teach me, no anything. So I struggled a lot with assurance. But I can tell you this, you can be saved and be incredibly miserable. And I believe that we need to, you got to get that settled. But you need to examine yourself whether our salvation is true. Number three, to discern the reason and purpose of the Lord's Supper for the Christian. I think it's absolutely vital that before we partake of this Lord's Supper that we take time and we really think, what happened to Jesus? What did he do for us? It's not, we don't just perform a ritual of consuming bread and juice. When we as, a, as adults, and we're children of God, but when we as adults partake with the same attitude, have you ever seen uh, a, maybe a little five-year-old, six-year-old, and they're saved? And so they get to take of the Lord's Supper. But as you're passing it down and you turn to look at them, you know, they got that juice up and they, they're shaking it. Uh, amen. No, don't tell me you ain't never seen it. I mean, if you got kids, and man, they're just trying to get everything in this. Then they run the tank. My little, my, I, I, the reason I'm saying it is because my grandson, I just watched him do this. He was like this, and it's, he's trying to get every drop, and then he's run, uh, you know. Now, I'm not sure he's really focused on why Christ died. He's focused on this juice. Although it's a little bit, he's focused on getting every drop of that juice. And that's a shame when we as adults, we go through the same motion. And we kind of just go through it and we take it and say, well, and, and honestly, I think an error is, is that we, I, I believe that we need to get right with brothers. And we, I think we need to get right with others. And I think we need to confess our sins. But, but folks, if, if all the way up into the time you place that bread in your mouth, you're thinking, okay, Lord, uh, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin and cleanse me of my sin because I sure don't want you to judge me by this. And I don't want to be punished for doing this. And that, that the preacher said that if you take it unworthily, you're going to come under judgment. So, Lord, I, don't want, I want to be right with everybody and help... And we've never thought about the cross. I beg you, think about the cross. Have you ever pictured him as they strapped him to that pillar and put that cat of nine tails up upon his back? They say that that cat of nine tails and each lash had hooks and glass and fish bones and things like that. And when they would hit it, it would just sometimes would just grab hunks of flesh and other times might even catch a hold of a rib. Now, not a bone was broken on him, but every bone was out of joint. 
in the pulling and the ripping and the tearing and, and then being nailed to that cross, the incredible, excruciating pain, a crown of thorns with, with long thorns and then beat into his brow and, and, and suffering even our hell for us, the punishment of our sin for us. Dying on that cross and gasping for breath and then saying, it is finished. And he did that so that we could go to heaven. And they took him and they wound his body and they laid him in a tomb. And three days later, he arose. Amen. He did that so that we, we sinful flesh could go to heaven. Every time we take the Lord's Supper, we need to take time and remember. Remember. Before we take the Lord's Supper tonight, and I've done this very, very quickly, and I've eliminated some things, but before we take the Lord's Supper tonight, let's examine ourselves. Is there known sin? Is there sin? Is there a conflict? Is there an issue? And it doesn't need to be. Husband and wives, are, did we come to church arguing? Are we upset at each other? Children, are you mad at your parents? Parents, are you frustrated with your children? Church members, are you upset with each other? Is it simply personal sin? Where you've been, Holy Spirit probably every service says, you know, I keep telling you, I don't know how much longer I'm going to tell you, but that thing that you have in your car, in your house, what you watch, what you, you got to get rid of it. And I'm not telling you what you got to get rid of, but the Holy Spirit's been telling you. You're still not doing it. I want to ask you, are you truly saved? When you lay your head on your pillow, when somebody stands up here and talks about salvation, do you really know for sure you, when you die, you go to heaven? Number three, Examine our hearts till we really realize what Christ did for us. It's not a story. He really was beaten beyond recognition. I didn't have time to go into it, but I read through Isaiah once more today. And it's amazing the description of the lamb that was slain. Are we focused on the cross, the shed blood, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ? I'll be honest with you, folks. Sometimes I think it ought to just break your heart. I think sometime along the way, I don't care who you are, it ought to bring a tear to your eye. Somewhere, if you really take time and think about it, I think it ought to just do something to your heart. 
as you realize how unworthy we are. He walked this earth for three and a half years with men and, and there was nobody there to even hardly be with him. Just a few that were even recognized at the cross and, and nobody was there when he arose from the grave. Yet in his love, after he arose from the grave, he still went back after him because he loved them. I'm going to, in just a moment, have an invitation, but I'm going to ask you if you could play that song for me right now. Once you hear this song, it's a song my daughter's just recently recorded. It's hard to listen to this without a tear in the eye. I remember the moment I can take you to the place. Every burden was lifted, every sin was washed away. But as time passes by, Lord, if ever I fail to remember the price that you paid. Remind me of the thorns you wore as a crown, the stripes that you
have a word of prayer and we have our moment of invitation. I started to do it a different way, but the Lord kind of impressed my heart this afternoon that I think it'd be a perfect time for an invitation right before we have the Lord's Supper. And I want to give myself, and if you don't mind, while we have the invitation, I'm going to go to the altar. I'd like for my wife to come up and meet me, but I think we need to take just a few minutes and whatever God has spoken to our heart about, if it's about sin, then let's just confess it to him. No time limit on it. It's done. God, God will cleanse us. If you're not sure you're saved, I beg you, come to somebody now. And let's get this settled. Otherwise, we come to this altar and say, Lord, remind me of the cross. Remind me of the price that you paid. I'd like for us all to stand, heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, I ask you please.